Hello, wonderful humans. Welcome to the Self-Adventure Podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. I know there are plenty of excellent podcasts to choose from, so it is an honor to be in your ears right now. For me, the self-adventure is about discovering rituals, tools, and experiences that encourage self-reflection, self-care, and self-kindness. It is about curiosity, courage, and exploration. I'm your host, Sarah Harney. I'm a maker, writer, and podcast producer, so I adore all things storytelling. I'm also a queer woman, a book lover, a crafting tragic, and a comedy nerd. And I'm fortunate enough to be living and working on beautiful Ghana country in South Australia with my future wife, our spoiled puppy, and soon-to-be human baby. I'm also the creator of The Self-Adventure. The Self-Adventure is about everything you've ever done to learn about yourself, to feel good, to feel joy, and to have more compassion and understanding of yourself and others. So this is a podcast about capturing comfy conversations that foster that curiosity, kindness, and a sense of belonging. Hopefully there'll be gentle light bulb moments or moments of deep resonance for you. The nature of this podcast is not to make you feel like you always need to be in self-improvement mode. You are already enough just as you are. I want to create a business and a podcast that is a safe space a place for big ideas, honest sharing, and most importantly, inclusive language and conversations. I'm always doing my best with the knowledge I have now, but there's always room for learning and improvement. So reach out if there's anything I can do better for you and your community. After creating so many podcasts for other people, it's an absolute honor to be here hosting my own. I really hope that you enjoy what I've created here and I cannot wait to bring you the most beautiful conversations that I can find about self-exploration and the self-adventure. I would also like to take this opportunity to acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. As I'm sure you'll be able to hear in the episode, I am beyond excited to share with you this conversation with Julia Hogarth. She has been an incredible friend to me and is now a wonderful coach to me and is just an all-round wonderful human. Julia is a full-time activator of big-hearted humans, worthiness coach, meditation teacher, and a money mindset enthusiast. Her greatest joy is coaching women with big hearts and dreams and holds space for you to come home to yourself, activating your ability to live your most delicious life. She coaches one-to-one, is a creatress of the group coaching program Wildly Worthy, and facilitates yummy in-person events, all designed to supercharge your self-belief and unique AF expression. Jules is an absolute powerhouse and an all-round legend, and I'm thrilled to bring you this conversation. Let's get into it. I'm absolutely thrilled to share this conversation with you today, but I wanted to quickly flag that this conversation was actually recorded a few months ago. I know the podcast producer who delayed her own podcast. That's just the way things go, isn't it? It's still an incredible conversation, but if you hear anything that doesn't seem to match up with present day, that is why. I hope you enjoy. Enjoy. 
Hello, my love. Hello. Thank you so much for doing the podcast with me. I'm so excited to have you on the self-adventure. Likewise, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My first question to you is (laughs) nice and big. Who are you right now? (laughs) I love that question. I am Julia in the world. I'm Julia Hogarth. I call myself a worthiness and mindset coach. I put simply, it is my joy in life to coach big-hearted women who are here for more, more than what was sold to them, told to them. Um, I have felt the pull of coaching women for a long time. So right now in the world, that is my biggest work. I also have a podcast called You School and I'm a meditation and mindfulness teacher. But the big the big thing I do in the world right now is to teach self-belief and worthiness to women. Mm, absolutely. Just magic work. And I'm so grateful for everything that you do put out in the world. It is such a breath of fresh air and such a, a place of solace, your work. Mm, thank you. My next question for you is what is something that you have figured out about yourself? And that can be now, yesterday, two years ago, whatever comes to you. I feel like this realisation has woven throughout my life and it has come to me in many different parts of my life, but none so potently as it has recently. I think I say this to a lot of my clients, but I don't believe in coincidences. I just don't believe in that word anymore. I've omitted many different words out of my life, including should and have to. And, you know, there's lots of things as I've gone through my spiritual journey that I've omitted and coincidence is one of them. I don't believe in them anymore. And for that reason, I don't think it's a coincidence that I have struggled with uh, a lack of a crushing lack, I often say, of self-belief for my whole life I, from as far back as I can remember. And so I don't believe that it's a coincidence that that is what I now teach to women because I think, yeah, there is a depth that you have to go to to hold people in a space. And I'm learning that all the pain, shame that I have worked through and carried and the self-belief stuff that I continue to work through is for a reason Um, and that reason has come out in the work that I'm doing. I haven't always been doing this work. I was in a past life. uh, I was a librarian. I managed a team actually of librarians. So I've always had this big love of learning. Again, not a coincidence that I fell into that work. I think that I've always wanted to know. I've always been a person that wanted to know. And just I remember way back then, you know, I was in libraries for 10 years and I remember just being intoxicated by the idea of being in a library and being surrounded by books so I think yeah the the realization that I have had lately is that I am here for a reason I don't believe in coincidences anymore and I think that the things that I've worked through um I was meant to work through and that's what I'm here for Yeah, absolutely. I feel similarly about lucky. I'm really Mm. trying to just kick it to the curb because it's not 
it's not really helpful. It's not really explaining what's actually going on because it's either one of two things. Either I did take deliberate action or I did seek something out or I actually did put myself on the line. And I think we sometimes use that word to negate a success or a thing that we actually really hustled for or really tried for or invested in in some way. Yep. Or it's just straight up privilege. Like it's it's one of those like <laughs> one of those yes. on the spectrum, right? Either I yes. did, or a combination. Probably actually is probably more true. I did try really hard, and I have privilege or privileges. Yep. So yep. lucky just doesn't doesn't Resonate. sit with me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are words that that you will not resonate with as you. When I coach women, we, we're like undoing, for want of a different simile, we've, we're undoing the onion layers, right, analogy. Sorry, wrong word. Um, we're undoing the onion layers and you will start going, hang on, I don't, that story in society that is, you know, widely accepted is not my truth. And, yeah, that's an example of that, right? Lucky I don't identify with that anymore. Yeah, totally. When you're talking about the type of work that you're drawn to now and how you're able to tap into that because of the depths that you have been to, I I feel the same about the self-adventure in general. Like the reason I was drawn to this concept, this business, this these words is because I have spent so long trying to mm-hmm. figure out who I am, what's going on, what is this feeling, like what is this identity, what is this sexuality, what is this hobby, what is this mm-hmm. work? You know, anything that sprinkles across like who we are in the world or how our brain works. Um, and I always come back to that adage of like write the book you want to read or or do sell the thing you want you want to buy or or be the thing that you wish existed. And I think that yeah, yeah. where where you're at at the minute is you we are both in service of like ten years ago, Sarah and Julia. A hundred percent. I still use that version of Julia when I'm writing a social media post or when I'm dreaming up programs. I'm just like, what? I mean, the program that I just put out, which is a group coaching program, I was like, what did I need back then? I needed a squad of high vibe, high achieving, high visioned women who were going to hold me in that and and who weren't afraid to build me up instead of say the snide remarks that that I may have received back then you know um yeah. so it's definitely there is definitely an element of i've moved through this for a reason let's let's think about i mean for me it's all about serving so serving in two different ways serving people and women and groups of women and serving myself so that I can continue the self adventure <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah that's probably a good segue to what does the self adventure mean to you that concept i talk about this a little bit on my podcast but the the self adventure to me means that awakening of what is it that I'm doing in my life and why and how much of that is am I doing because someone told me to or because that's what I saw my parents do or because that's what the thing to do is in quotation marks in from society's view of what's acceptable and how much of what I'm doing is because I am lit up by that or that is my truth 
or this is what I want to create in the world. And so I think the self-adventure for me is is that unlayering of the onion of what are the shoulds, where do they come from? You know, if I'm a woman, why am I listening to the discourse about the way it should be done and the way I should be working or speaking or moving around in the world? You know, it is, I guess, for me, a connecting into that inner inner wisdom, inner power. I talk about in my meditation teaching, connecting to your body and how important that wisdom is, especially for women that we hold and that we have held, you know, for so, so many years and that we are not told to cultivate a connection with. Um, And so, yeah, I guess that's why I fell into meditation teaching at the start of this journey. I was like, what am I what is my inside voice telling me? Like what is the inner connection that I've been missing when, you know, most of my life I've walked around looking outside of myself for what I needed. Um, And so, yeah, that's primarily what I teach my clients is like know who you are, listen to that inner voice. There is a different story that you can create for yourself. You do not have to take on what your parents, what your sister, what your brother, what your neighbour, what the news tells you about yourself. Yeah, and I think often we do grow up understanding that there are society influences or there's like environmental influences or it's, oh, well, I learnt that from magazines or whatever. But I don't Mm. think it's quite as commonly noticed or spoken about that there's also stuff in your family dynamic or in yeah. your like direct line of training that you're yeah. also allowed to reject or choose a different path or just <laughs> come at it from a different angle because it's right in that intimate family circle. Mm. Yeah. There is there is a point I feel that I've seen uh, watching many people go through their spiritual journey where they're you become awake to the fact that you have adopted your parents' beliefs. Um, And there is a point, there is a point, that rejection point, like you said, there is a point where you're like, wait a second, like that is not mine. Like I inherited that and I had no idea that that story was given to me about, for example, and I love my parents so much. They are such amazing people. But, for example, I got told as I was growing up, I'm a big feeling person. Stop crying, Julia. That was a thing that happened and that I heard a lot as a child. And so I internalized this idea that feelings were not okay and that I had to push them down, which incidentally I've never been able to do. So, you know, that's not who I am. And that's part of the self-adventure, right, to go, wait a second, I actually, being sensitive is a superpower. Like I can read rooms, I can read vibes, I can tell quite quickly when something feels wrong in my body um and in that way I can use it to get back into alignment so yeah I think there's a part in everyone's journey where they're like wait on like I've got some serious you know bullshit from above that I just internalized from my parents and in in celebration of all of our parents they grew up in a different time and they cannot teach us what they themselves don't know and they have experienced the same kind of conditioning from their parents so I think yeah we are all humans doing the best we can and everyone's parents I guess did the best that they could but this is what I love about that 
the awakening process um, is that we are allowed to start questioning. Totally. And I love that that moment when some of that's happened for me and I actually share that with my mm. mom. And I'm like, I think that you got this from somewhere else too. And she's like, oh my goodness, you're right. I don't even think that. This was what my parents did, or this is what my in-laws said, or this is what that, and their parents, like, I agree with you. They were all doing the best that they all could, Mm. but it's very much a, it's sort of a a flow on effect that um, until someone makes a really deliberate choice to, to sort of cut that off or change its direction or put the energy elsewhere and yeah, really be conscious of, hang on a minute, no, mm. I'm doing this, that then mm. it can go the other way. And mm. I'm sure my, you know, future children will be like, oh, my God, she wouldn't stop banging on about her feelings. I can't wait to watch my kids. You know, like who knows what the the opposite flip of that is, right? But all we can do is is try and be aware, that awakening, try and notice it, try and actually choose it. Because there's some stuff that I've rejected that or that I've noticed that I thought I wanted to reject because that looked like, oh, that's just how you have to do it. And then now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, no, I actually choose that. Like you, yeah. you can come at it from a place of of joy and excitement for choosing it rather than it being put put on you. Yeah. And I think there is a point where you, where you do start questioning all of that lineage stuff of like, you know, our parents came from that post-war and, of course, the stories are out of that um, period were like security, you must get a secure job, There's a you need to be safe, you know, saving money, hoarding the, hoarding the things and the money. And, and, of course, that was a story coming out of a post-war world, right? And I think when we start to do the questioning, there is almost like, I call it the crumbling. There's almost like you start questioning one thing and then you start questioning everything. And I think that's a really scary moment, which is another reason why I love to coach women because we need others in that moment where we're like, well, who the heck am I now? If if everything I knew about myself was wrong, now what? This is really scary. The void in there is really scary. But I think out of that comes the intention and the intentional actions and the things that you move towards that feel a lot more aligned and like yourself and not like a person's another person's version of what your life should look like um i think that this generation our generation has been what a time to be alive by the way um our generation is the first generation that has had this much information at our fingertips and it heartens me to know that we have had the opportunity to do the awakening stuff and to be as self-aware that we are. And I am aware that I live in a bit of a self-development, personal development bubble because of the circles that I move in. But I really believe that. I really believe that, you know, we weren't brought up post-war having to survive. This, I think, thriving it has been an opportunity that we have had more than any generation. And part of that is the awakening and the spiritual journey that we have been privileged enough to be able to go on. A hundred percent. And I think the only 
the only piece of that too is with all the information and being spoilt for choice essentially is, and I wrote myself a note, I can see it on my board of, I will always come back to myself because that's mm. where the answers are. Mm-hmm. And that has come up time and time again in our conversations and any support that you've shared with me of, yes, but how do you feel? What do you want? Mm-hmm. Come all the way back in. Mm-hmm. Come home, I often say to my clients, like when they're in the mud of the crumbling and they're like, "I this doesn't feel good, Julia, I'm always like, reminder, you can come back home. Like, come home. <laughs> and that's why that inner connection is super important for me. Yeah, and maybe as a, as a next point to discuss, what are the ingredients of the self-adventure that you put throughout your your days, your weeks, your life that maybe do help you come back to, back home or just are your self-adventure ingredients? There's been themes throughout my whole life of this too, but particularly since I've had um, my awakening in inverted commas, I think the things that have always been part of that ingredients list are number one, and I don't use these words lightly. I truly mean them in in the spirit that they're meant. Making time every day for self-devotion, not self-care, not self. I mean, self-love, yes, but like actual space to have self-devotion, to meditate, to do, to do whatever it is you do. It doesn't matter what it physically looks like. I'm a meditation teacher, so of course I just absolutely froth that but making space to truly just be with yourself in all of the doing 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 it is so important and this is what we don't get taught and this is why I create what I do in the world we don't get taught to come home regularly we don't get taught to listen to our own voice above others um it's just not a thing that we get taught so I think this is a also I could go on a tangent about this because this is what we lost I think when we um this is what we have lost as a people in this country that we have not learnt from the spiritual practices of Indigenous people and the people who know and to, to this day still have that knowledge and knowing that your connection to earth, your connection to yourself, your connection to your spirituality is part of your overall health. It's so important. So self-devotion every day is one thing, every single day. doesn't matter. I'm a mother of a four-year-old. <laughs> Sometimes I can't meditate for as long as I would like to every day, but there is some form, some little pocket of self-devotion every day. The other thing that is really important to me and that I continue to be schooled in by the universe is receiving. So just mm. like the breath, we it's sometimes we are always giving, giving, giving. And if you try that with your breath, if you breathe out, 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 there is a moment where your body will go, whoa, like take a big breath in, babe. It like you need to receive as well, right? And I think a a lot of the people pleasing and the perfectionism that I have worked through in my journey is like, yeah, I've been pushed to receive, (laughs) to receive. I mean, we've all been through it. You hustle, 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 and then your body's like, nah, you're sick now I'm gonna it gives you your body if you're not uh if you're not connecting to it every day your body will like get louder and louder and louder if something is wrong and it will not stop until it you know confines you to bed or it manifests in some other way it will just keep telling you what it needs to tell you and get louder so I think receiving has been a very big part of my 
ingredient list and it's and sometimes it's super practical stuff like you know massages healings going going for a sauna sometimes it's just so practical sometimes it is just receiving those five minutes where I get to sit down sniff some essential oils and just be just be um and sometimes it's in the form of actually asking for help um I think we still have a story in this world that it's weak to do that um and I know I have worked through that um a lot asking for help sometimes it's the self-care sometimes it's the self-love sometimes it's being open to guidance um but it's definitely that breathing in as well as the breathing out of the giving 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 to others um and I'm a massive um advocate for putting yourself above everyone because when you do that you have capacity to give even more it's actually serving to others to serve yourself first yeah, that's been such a trick, isn't it? This idea of service or self giving over of yourself for the sake of everyone else. And then you do run out of run out of juice, quite literally. Mm-hmm. If you haven't yeah, if you haven't been able to take time for yourself, there actually isn't any more to give. I am such a sucker for that in my, you know, extended family unit and then even in my immediate family unit and then I remember oh that's right ask for help (laughs) just don't don't do something what happens if you just don't do that guess what like it's fine worst case scenario is never that bad especially for as you say privileged people who you know move around in the world and the worst case scenario is usually not that bad and we put the pressure on ourselves like like a friggin layer cake on top of our own shoulders and our own heads and yeah I think I think once you start to do the self-adventure stuff and you start to be more intentional with your actions it yeah you start to see all that pressure that you put on yourself to just do the thing do the thing do the thing do 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 no beating. Oh, a hundred percent. My next one for you is what are you curious about? I think there's two things that come to mind. I am doing some pretty involved um, anti-racism learning, undoing work in terms of Indigenous history and culture in Australia right now, um, and I'm really, really feeling called to be in that. Um, so my curiosity there is, uh, is pretty insatiable right now, but also there's a, there's a lot of, uh, the white privilege stuff that is quite uncomfortable that I'm moving through. So that is a big, that is a big curiosity for me. I've always been, I've always felt connected to that work. And so I feel really privileged to be able to be doing that right now. Um, but the other thing that I've been really curious about is, um, I guess exploring my legacy and what it is I want to leave, not just for my son, but also in terms of my work. What is it? What is the legacy that I want to leave? And now that I've found the work that I want to do, kind of feeling more into the legacy stuff because it gives me a lot more purpose and passion for what's going on right now and allows me to be really, um, I guess, it allows me to enjoy what the work that I'm doing and also be super intentional into the future about what that looks like. Um, and just really simply the things that I'm teaching my son and what sort of 
stories now that I've undone the ones that I've been given, what sort of narrative that we will have as he grows. Um, he's four, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of the question why is a real big one in our house right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's actually quite beautiful when he asks me why. It is such a beautiful mirror for me to go why. Why are we doing this? You know, if I consider myself a really intentional person, why am I doing the things I'm doing? And on so many levels, like literally just day-to-day actions and also in terms of the legacy. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I'm curious about right now. Mm, I love that answer. And I think the anti-racism work in line with the legacy thoughts, I think that is intersecting very mm. strongly. And when I bought a bunch of books a few weeks ago when a few things were, you know, clearer um, and everyone was sharing a bunch of books that were um, great pieces around our Aboriginal history and children's stories. And I actually, as much as I bought a few grown-up books, um, I mostly bought children's books partly Mm -hmm. because I want them in my house. I want them for my nieces. I want them for my future children. And also I felt so behind and so ashamed of how behind I felt and what I didn't learn in school that I kind of was like, well, you're going to start at the start, mate. Like I really wanted to actually go back a step and mm-hmm. and read a story or read about, you know, the history of our country from a, the children's lens like mm-hmm. that really simplified starting point as a mm. building block and as like so that I can, you know, that's the first thing that goes in the nursery kind of. Mm. And I know that in the scheme of things that is the tiniest little pinprick, but it felt really important to me to start there mm. and to have that conversation and have that in my home to then go right and then what's the next level in my town, in my country, in my government, you know expand out from there. But yeah, something about that, the the children, I just want it to be so different for our kids. A hundred percent agree. And yeah, in the same way I have started, I'm doing this beautiful um, course uh, called Cultural Awareness and Truth Telling with Michaela Egan um, through the Wellbeing Connection. And I just, in the same way, I'm like, I I mean, we're choosing my son's primary school right now and it is really important to me that he, I'm not sure how they're teaching this and it will be a question that I ask when I'm going into the schools. I don't want him to just be learning about Captain Cook. I want him to know the names of Benelong and Truganini and these just amazing Indigenous warriors that lived through this awful time of colonisation and why shouldn't he be looking up to these people um and I'm also I'm almost like not writing not writing the book but I'm also almost writing notes on all these personalities that I want him to know about I mean we talk about Bunjil and and some other parts of culture that I know but yeah I would like it to be a lot more involved than it is and that I know that it is in schools right now and similarly have felt I I mean I watched a um I think episode three of First Australians last night and I just, I got off the um, iPad and I just cried because I couldn't believe that I didn't know the history of the reserves and missions in Victoria, which is where I live and um, are living now where I was brought up. 
Um, I just cried for the sheer devastation of it that it happened and also that I didn't know the names of these people and the way that yeah. you know, they were treated. Yeah, 100%. That it is it is exactly that combination of yeah, devastation for what happened, what is still happening. Mhm. And how the f did we not know or do I not know? And you know, it's just yeah, it seems wild. Um yeah. I I also this is a little bit of a tangent, but recently Ange and I watched the documentary on Netflix Disclosure about transgender folks and mm. what they have been through. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it and thinking, oh, I didn't realize because it's actually the story through film. Yep. So so what has been portrayed of transgender folks throughout film. And we're film kids. Like we went to film school. This is an area of focus for us. And I was thinking, how did I not realize this? Or how did I not see this toxic presentation of, of these characters? And I realized it's because I, during that time of the 90s, or when I've been consuming television or film, I was looking for the next bi character or the next pansexual character, or I was looking at depictions of sexuality because that was something that was important to me and that was something that I was grappling with. And of course, that's where my lens was, but it was a very clear reminder that I hadn't paid attention to an experience that wasn't my own. So mm. I hadn't appreciated it and realized what the transgender folks were going through and exactly the same story in terms of my white privilege. I haven't mm. noticed what mm. black folks have been going through and mm. that, that more deliberate action to mm. go outside of your own personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it was. I was just sitting there going, "Gosh, why didn't I see it?" But I, yeah, I was seeing my <laughs> my tiny little um, part of discrimination, yeah. yeah, and not noticing the other parts. I think we are always projecting and are always seeing the world through our own lens, and particularly now, once we become more self aware and we, you know, reach this stage that you just described where you're like whoa I had some blinkers on I think that sort of is um a nugget that we take with us when we're thinking about our legacy and how we will teach our children to move through the world for for me that's a really important point that you just raised about when I'm teaching Lenny about his self-awareness and about how I would like to encourage him to move through the world. It is through, um, I mean, he is, I think, um, a highly sensitive human from what I know of him in this short four years that he's been on the earth. And I would, I would like him to be aware that his experience is not the only one. As, as a white man, he will have that view of the world and I want him to explore broader than that and and to um yeah look through the lens of other people and and uh use his empath skills in that way for good yeah I love the work of Nellie Thomas the comedian and writer have you seen mm-hmm. those books the Sun yeah. Kids books yeah and it's neurodiverse it's like physical ability diverse different skin colors it's just it's magic so um that kind of stuff I'm so glad that people are creating those kind of works so that it gets easier and easier to share that with our kids for sure yeah 
little sensitive, Lenny. Bless him. Sensitive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the next thing I wanted to chat with you about, and we did mention a little bit at the start of our conversation, is what are you creating? What now? Right now, what's being birthed by Jules? Uh, I feel like this project has just been birthed. So she's a newborn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And again, as I was talking about earlier, my work is, my big work in this world is around worthiness. So I created a group coaching program called Wildly Worthy. Love the word wild. Um, And so I've actually used wild twice in the creation of this program. It's called Wildly Worthy. It's about breaking down the I guess the discourse that you are not worthy of all the things that you want um and I see that as a pattern in the women that I work with like particularly around money and money is a big core part of this course um about the stories about I can never earn as much as my husband I don't deserve to ask this much for my services I don't um, I can't call in that much money, Julia. And I laugh when I talk to my clients about money and they're like, and I always ask whenever they're creating, you know, what, what are you charging for this? And I've just been through actually a, uh, whenever I create something, I get schooled pretty heavily in what I'm <laughs> teaching. Thank you, universe. So I just went through this conversation with my life coach of like, okay, what is it that we're charging for this? And, uh, I guess my challenge with my clients is to up-level their thinking about around what they're worth um, and all the things that I've learned in the last, I'd say, two years as I upped my worthiness around money. It was Money seems to me like it's almost the last piece of the puzzle in the spiritual journey. We don't touch it for a long time. There's lots of worthiness and stories and conditioning that we have around it, particularly as women, like the lineage of women not not being in money and in their own money and having control is is goes back so far. Um, and so the Wildly Worthy program is three months. We focus on a different theme every month. Um, it is what are they, worthy, wealthy and wild um, and kind of interwoven into that program. We have um, group coaching calls. Um, interwoven is the squad that I called in. So there's two different squads and we have the group coaching calls. And then in between that we have, uh, I call them embodiment exercises, but they're just really, really practical kind of concrete exercises that help the participants move through what I'm trying to uh, teach them and what I'm trying to get them to embody. So um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I don't talk about openly about what we do in that container, um, but it's really fun. Um, I'm all about making the up level fun, and I because I know that it can be quite gnarly, and I, it's important to me that people have the squad that I really didn't have when I was going through this stuff, particularly with money. I find, especially with women, we go through our up leveling and we're doing our spiritual journey, and then we get to a point where we're like, hang on. I am worth money. Like I do have value in this world and I do want to ask for more. Um, I don't think there's enough spaces that we can talk about that with a group of women who are also aiming for that and with a group of women who are ready to uh, get around you and uplift that vision and not shoot it down. Because particularly with money, we have the lens, talking about the lens that you see the world with. There's a lot of fear with the 
people's lens into terms of money. So it was important to me to create a space where uh, it was, it's like, you know, I'm in the group and I'm like, this is my big vision. And everyone around me goes, of course, you are wildly worthy of that vision and of calling in that money. Um, That's the experience that I want everyone to have. I have had that through life coaches and mentors of mine. And yet I really feel called to create that for others. So wildly worthy. She's just, she's a newborn. Um, We've filled all the spots now. So we're about about three weeks off kicking off and I'm really excited. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Also, the thing I love about talking about money and as I've figured out some of that stuff around deserving and worthy and all of Mm -hmm. that, and anytime Mm -hmm. I get up against that, that piece of, I guess it is still just worthiness or nudging on privilege maybe too, and I've had it reflected back to me, the more money you have, then the more you good you can do with it, like the more choices you have. Like that first level becomes what choices you have for yourself mm. and then what are you going to do with it? What mm-hmm. can you invest in? How can you, you know, support things that you actually care about? Um, mm. And that, mm. that, has, that has helped me be like, I can take control of my money story and my money situation and then use it for you know, so you good can, in inverted commas, yeah. Yeah, so that you can consciously circulate it. There's a um, there's a concept that my coach has taught me about, which is the triple bottom line, which is, you know, the bottom line in a, in a uh, traditional sense is the profit, but this is profit plus social impact plus environmental impact. So I believe in money in the hands of conscious, like big hearted women, because this is the reality that we can create. It's not just good for us. It's good for society and it's good for the environment because we will consciously circulate it back to those, to those different parts of the bottom line. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's really, I also butted up against that. Uh, but isn't that greedy if I ask for more, like, Actually, one of the exercises we do in the Wealth Month in Wildly Worthy is uh, where we, I guess, uh, do an exercise where we imagine where we would circulate the money if we were calling in the exact amount that we want to. So say it's, you know, 100000 for the year. How much of that am I going to donate? How much of that am I consciously circulating? And where does it go? Because... The universe can't give you what you don't ask for. So I believe in being very, very conscious and specific about if I earned that much money, what am I circulating, uh, consciously circulating back to marginalised communities, back to environmental charities or whatever it is for you? Yeah, and that adds an extrinsic motivator that helps on that that propelling journey I mean I've always been like that it's so much easier for me to do things when I think it's gonna help someone else which again (laughs) is about my own self (laughs) issues but that that additional layer of motivation um oh that sounds wonderful what a great exercise yeah, and it's uh, I believe in getting very clear on your why. So, you know, my why is about empowering women to, you know, be more in their power and to and to have that inner connection, but also my why can be about my social impact and 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 um the environmental stuff. Mm, totally. I 
as you know, uh, creating the the cards that go along with the self-adventure. And one of the things that has been so critically important to me and why it's taken me so long to develop them is finding the the perfect recycled and recyclable box and mm. the right print paper and the right mm. inks and the companies that care about that. Um, mm. And not just they say that they do on their website, but actually they'll still print on whatever's out the back. Um, <laughs> and I'm so glad that I have found all of those different pieces and it's becoming increasingly part of the conversation. So there's compost mailers and there's yes. all this great stuff, but I could not bring myself to print something on something that we, like a, on a first first run of a treat, like I just couldn't. There was no way that I would ever do that. So I think you're right, using our investments and our decisions both in the business and then once you've made money, um, yeah, for things that you care about. Yeah, and I think this is this is the reason why I – part of the reason why I teach about the money stuff is because – you have, and this is a concept um, from Peter Kelly's most recent book, um, you have, uh, I guess, a social or environmental conscious that is uni- conscience that is unique to you and stuff that matters to you, that's the part of the puzzle and a part of the advocacy or whatever it is that you're here to, um, I guess, contribute towards. So for you, that environmental stuff of doing the cards and making sure you're being very intentional and conscious about how that happens, um, that is part of your contribution. And we shouldn't be looking around at what everyone else is doing. It's the same thing with the inner connection to yourself. The stuff that feels important to you, that is your puzzle piece. And this is why I'm doing this Indigenous work. I feel really called to these people and learning from them. So, um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, I think it's really, really pertinent what you say about that. It's, um, yeah, I, this is the work that we're here to do. We don't need to, again, we don't need to look out, outside of ourselves for what we should be doing. Um, we already know. I sometimes get overwhelmed about what charities to support or what advocacy groups to be a part of. Mm. But what you've just said then has made me realize that it's okay to be drawn to the ones Mm -hmm. that you're most drawn to. And like, it's better than nothing, I suppose, Mm. because I definitely have faulted in, well, there's cancer and there's indigenous (laughs) rights and there's asylum seekers and the environment. Like I, I want to do it all. Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. Follow the thing that is calling out to you. And that has actually made me like, you've, you've just like, solved a piece of the puzzle is that when I was thinking about um, my anti-racism work and what I wanted to focus on, I really care about language. I really care about words and Mm -hmm. storytelling. And Mm -hmm. of course, that's been a part, I did linguistics at uni, like that's really important to me. And that was where my first thought went of, well, I've studied languages from around the world why haven't I studied any aboriginal languages and they're struggling to keep those alive so what can I do to learn or to share or to I don't know volunteer to help them Mm -hmm. you know teach more people um and at first I was like that's a very specific thing to think of but you're right it's because that is what I care about and language and storytelling is extremely important to me so how can I yeah direct my attention over there so thanks for that Joel. yeah there's um uh peter kelly talks about it in her book it's called the book's called stop missing the point i think 
Um, yeah. It's somewhere in here. Um, and she talks about our puzzle piece being like a hexagon, I think she calls it, but she's she basically said that exact thing that you just said. If you're looking around at the way other people are um, advocating or the, the causes that other people are, um, I guess, holding uh, with importance, you're kind of neglecting your own puzzle piece and the beautiful hexagon or whatever the shape it, that it is, and it's that way for a reason. We cannot do everything. We are only one human in this world, and there is a puzzle piece that is yours for a reason. You don't need right. to. You don't need to spread yourself thin trying to do all the things. Your most potent work is that kind of stuff that you're interested in. That's a beautiful example of that. Mm. I love that. Oh, amazing. So on the self-adventure cards with your blessing, I'd like to pull one for you and see if anything resonates. Yes, please. Let's have a look here. It's the, it's the beta deck, but here we go. Sovereignty. That's what you've got. You are your own entity. I know you care, you're doing your best and you're working hard, but please remember you are your own physical being. Your needs are allowed to come first. Encourage boundaries, stand your ground. No matter who you love, who loves you, you don't have to melt together. Your partner, your bubs, your pups, friends, fam, clients, they will be okay. You are a sovereign nation taking care of yourself and doing your own thing. They are not luxuries. They're deliciously normal. Ooh, even Jules' word in there. They're real. Set up up the fence and pop in a friendly gate. Where do you need more self-sovereignty? Of course you pulled that card. That's my life's work. Yep. Amazing. Yep. It it. Truly, that is my life's work. And I remember hearing the word sovereign at the start of my spiritual journey and I was like, what the heck? It took me a long time to actually just understand what that meant. Um, And now it's the swan song of my work Um, because because I know that you've heard me talk about this, but uh, Jed and I, my husband, have talked about me putting myself and, and, you know, in turn him as well, putting ourselves above each other and above Lenny, which is not what we get told to do. We get told, particularly as mothers, to put your child first, to put your husband, to put your family first and to leave yourself last on the list. But it's just not the way to do it, I believe, for everyone. There's not a lot of things that I say um, are true across the board because, again, I believe in the inner in the inner guidance and you will always know what is the best thing to do for you. Even as a coach, I can't tell you what the best thing to do for you is because you are the only one who knows that. But Mm. this is one thing that I believe across the board. If we serve ourselves first, it is always going to serve others better because we will have more to give. That I have watched that in my own life as I went through postnatal depression. It it is so important to serve yourself, to take that breath in before you give out. hundred percent. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for everything that you've shared today. I really appreciate our conversations and where we always end up and the tangents and the magic. So thank (laughs) you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I yeah, I cannot wait for these cards to be out. I can't believe that you pulled that magic one. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm I'm getting better at understanding that, as you say, it's not lucky. It's not a coincidence. Things do we do draw things in how that they're they're meant to come to us. And I think the cards and the concept of the cards. I am such a tactile person, and I am constantly pulling things and writing things down and giving myself post-it notes and and trying to pep talk my way into clarity (laughs) and coming home and courage and you know showing up um so that is the premise for them absolutely and I think there's more intuition in me than I have potentially acknowledged um so yeah I'm grateful for you. Why else would you have pulled that card for me? Right. I can't wait for you to have full confidence in your intuitive abilities because it's definitely there and it's strong. Mm. Oh, thank you for saying that. And thank you for being here. Thanks, my love. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you got something out of it. And I hope that you are feeling less alone because really that is all the point of this. I want you to have those mini light bulb moments or that deep resonance, as I said at the top. So I hope that that happened for you today. Before you go, I want to tell you a little bit more about the self-adventure business and our first product, the self-adventure cards. It's an Oracle style deck of 28 pep talk style poems that encourage you to sit with yourself, pause, reflect, and move from the wondering to the way forward. So if that sounds good to you, you can find all about them at theselfadventure.com. And I would love for you to come and find us on Instagram at theselfadventure. Again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to being in your ears on the next episode. And until then, enjoy the adventure.